Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher on WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans, 1061 Nash Icon. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive, with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night edition here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tuning app available anywhere in the world for you to listen in via iHeart. Of course, you can also get us via Alexa at home. Just tell her to play WRKN to access us. You can check out our podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just go to the front page, left side of the menu, click on podcast to do so. Email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com, or call the show. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to participate in the conversation. We are ahead of University of New Orleans Privateer Basketball coming up 7 p.m. Pre-game show 645 from the Montaigne Center in Beaumont as the Privateers take on Lamar. Pre-game show 645, Jude Young will have the call of the Privateers and Lamar coming up. Stay tuned for that. We'll also talk to Tulane baseball coach Jay Ullman coming up in the next segment. So college baseball season is upon us. Jay Ullman will join us here in just a few. By the way, we'll visit with Blake Dean of the University of New Orleans on Wednesday night show. Again, it's 504-260-1061. Super Bowl is set. What do you think? 49ers a one to one and a half point favorite. It's kind of fluctuated last day or so. They opened two, two and a half. Now it's one, one and a half based on the conference championship games of yesterday. Chiefs pass rusher Charles Omani, who has a torn ACL, did that in the game against Baltimore, and he won't play against the 49ers in Super Bowl 58 in two weeks hence. So another injury for the Chiefs. As for a recount or a recall or a rethought process about what transpired yesterday, the Lions choked and the Ravens choked. Take nothing away from the Chiefs or the 49ers, but the Lions committing a critical fumble by a rookie who's had a great season 
which hurt. And of course, they went for it twice on fourth down and failed. And a lot of discussion about that. Had they kicked a field goal, right? What if? Dan Campbell does this. He's done it all year. It's his style. It's what makes him beloved. He's aggressive as can be. Very much along the lines of Sean Payton, whom he worked under. And it's obvious that that's who he is and what he was going to do, whether you agree with it or not. This time it didn't work, and they're done. The analytics, about 50-50 on both occasions as to whether he should have gone that route or not. Either way was understandable. You make it, you're a hero. You miss it, you're a goat. But this is who he is. His players backed him up, and the outcome was obvious. Clearly, had he opted for one of those field goals and made one, it's a different dynamic in a different game, and maybe they were still playing. Didn't happen that way. Give the 49ers credit being down 17. Moody missed a field goal in the first half for them. Not much went right for them in the first half. But the second half was a different animal. People say the completion to Ayuk was fortunate. I say Purdy identified man coverage and put it out there, and his receiver made a play when the defensive back couldn't. It's a 50-50 situation. Purdy played well the rest of the half. Christian McCaffrey is a beast. He's a great player. No two ways about it. Best overall running back in the NFL. And he showed it again. Debo Samuel played and contributed. George Kittle is really good. They've got a good offensive line. The defensive line struggled against the run. Frankly, I'm surprised Detroit didn't run the ball more in the second half because they just absolutely gashed and bashed the Chiefs' defensive front running the football in the first half. It's pretty obvious. Bottom line, San Francisco was the best team. They advanced. Detroit had a great opportunity and let it get away. In the AFC Championship game, I think all of us should know better than the pick against Patrick Mahomes, myself included. Ravens were set up. The Chiefs had injuries. The Ravens were at home. The Ravens had been the best team in the AFC all season long. And they didn't get it done. Again, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league. He's a transcendent player. He's quickly elevating himself to elite status when it comes to talking about the all-time greats of the game. He's top 10 already in my book in terms of quarterback, if not top five. To be in a championship game again is remarkable. Four times five years. Incredible. Two national championships, chance at another. And it's all about Patrick Mahomes. Remember the narrative? When Tyreek Hill left, that was it. The Chiefs would not be the Chiefs anymore. Would not be the offensive juggernaut they had been. Okay. Then Eric Bieniemy left. Oh, they won't be the same without him either. Okay. Won a Super Bowl in another Super Bowl. Might want to rethink that whole thought process because the one constant has been Patrick Mahomes. And oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey's great. 11 targets, 11 catches. 116 yards and a touchdown. Fantastic player. And of course, people want to talk about the personal relationship and all the attention that Taylor Swift gets. Look, it's a football game. And if you don't like it, I get it. If you like it, I get it. I really don't care. 
What I'm interested in is the football. Issues there. We apologize for for that. Uh, but anyway, with regard to the matchup in the Super Bowl, look, the Chiefs got in, the Ravens are out. Ravens had everything set up; they just didn't get it done. That simple. And now the Chiefs are in, and it's tough to pick against Mahomes. It really is. But I will say this: the 49ers have to be very happy that it's the Chiefs and not the Ravens. Remember what Baltimore did to the 49ers at home? Crushed them. So, San Francisco is life favorite. Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas, coming up a week from Sunday. Always a pleasure to watch, and it should be a good game. Rematch of the Super Bowl 54 played in 2020, which the Chiefs rallied to win 31-20 to behind a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes. So they match up again. Kyle Shanahan against Andy Reid. We know the greatness of Reed. We know the offensive mind that Shanahan has. And two of his coaches are candidates for the Saints offensive coordinator's job. So there's that twist as well. So much to consider moving forward and looking forward to the matchup. LSU women playing basketball right now at Starkville, losing to Mississippi State 13-8 in the first quarter, not playing well. Been a struggle. For them early on, the Tigers at Mississippi State. Again, depth is an issue for them, and shooting from the perimeter can be an issue. And early in this game, they're struggling to score the ball, and they're struggling to take care of the ball. So there's that where the LSU women are concerned. The other news of the day surrounds Michael Thomas. As I wrote at CrescentCitySports.com, Thomas reactivated his X account and reaggravated his open wound with the Saints. In case you missed it yesterday, Thomas decided he was going to go off on the Saints organization again and go off on Derek Carr again. Look, he knows he's not going to be back. You don't do these things unless you know you're not coming back. And he probably wants out and he's trying to get on somewhere else. But if it wasn't broken already, and I think it was, then you can recognize now that it's irretrievably broken. So, I mean, look, let's talk about the facts of the situation. You know, Thomas has been a superb player for the Saints. We all understand what he contributed to this team. He was a great, even elite player from 2016 to 2019. And even for part of his fifth season of 2020. He's about to enter his ninth season 
in the NFL. His eighth as a player. Remember, he missed the entire 2021 season. Thomas turns 31 in March. In his first four seasons, he played in 63 of 64 games. He was tough as nails. He answered the call. Since then, he's missed 47 games in four seasons, and he's played in just 20 during that time because of ankle, foot, and knee injuries. Then there's the production. Thomas has four touchdown catches in the last four seasons after catching 32 passes in his first four seasons. Got it? That's a pretty substantial drop-off. But then again, you, you kind of knew that this was the case without even exploring that particular element. But that's a pretty significant drop-off, to say the least. And some would say it's because he missed a lot of games. Yeah, it was. But the productivity and just the player himself and how he looks certainly contributed to that. So there's the severe drop-off from a touchdown perspective. In his first four seasons in the league, Thomas caught 77.8% of passes he was targeted on. Since then, that number has dropped to 68.7%. In his first four seasons, Thomas averaged 117.5 receptions per season, tops in the league. Since then, that number is 31.7 receptions per season. In his first four seasons, Thomas averaged 11.8 yards per catch. Since then, the number is 11 yards per catch. Bottom line, Thomas was as good as any receiver in the NFL for his first four seasons, if not the best in the league. He caught everything thrown his way, and he made the tough catches, many on slant routes where he knew he was going to be blasted. His courage was admirable. No, he's not a deep threat. That's not his game, but he was enormously productive. That's what he was the first four seasons. What he's been since then is a pedestrian guy. How good was he originally? In 2019, he was the NFL Offensive Player of the Year when he led the NFL with 149 catches, 1,725 yards, which, of course, led the league also, and he matched his career high with nine touchdown catches. Thomas also led the league in average yards per game with 107.8 yards in receptions. In 2020, the wheels began to fall off, literally, when he suffered a high ankle sprain in his first game of the season. It was the beginning of three key injuries to his lower extremities. Thomas was set to return in Game 5 for a game with the Chargers on Monday Night Football, but that didn't happen because, if you may recall, Thomas punched his teammate C.J. Gardner-Johnson at practice, and the team subsequently had him inactive for the game. We know that Gardner-Johnson is an antagonist, but there's still the act. Thomas re-aggravated the ankle injury later that season. He did return in the playoffs, Now, should anyone think the current disconnect between Thomas, Dennis Allen, and Derek Carr with Thomas is unique? Consider what went down in 2021 when Sean Payton expressed annoyance with the timing of the surgery Thomas chose to have in June of that year. He did not follow the team's recommendation. A wound was open between Thomas and the Saints. It was not the first time, by the way, this past weekend that Thomas has blasted Carr and the Saints via Twitter. He did so earlier this year, choosing to do so while the Saints were in the middle of a home game with Detroit. Took a shot at Carr for not seeing a wide-open A.T. Perry when Carr was intercepted and, of course, tweeted that Carr basically was responsible for Thomas's injuries against the Vikings. Facing enormous scrutiny and criticism, following that, Thomas deleted his ex-account. 
or deactivated it, call it what you might. For his part, when asked about the criticism, Dennis Allen said he would deal with the issue internally. The wound between the player and the organization was reopened and exposed again. So then yesterday during NFL Conference Championship games, Thomas was back at it again, blaming Carr for his latest injury suffered against the Vikings November 12th. The wound between the player and the organization widened. The social media criticism of the Saints and its coaches by Thomas is not unique to Carr and Allen. Thomas did so after Sean Payton questioned the timing of his 2021 surgery as well. Then there's the way Thomas has turned on Derek Carr. The best teams in the NFL, folks, do not have players calling out teammates publicly. Issues which arise, and they do, are best dealt with internally, and that's the way it is with good teams. Back on March 6th of last year, the day the Saints were reported to sign Carr, Thomas appeared to be very supportive of that move. When it happened, Thomas tweeted, Thank you, Jesus. Then Thomas responded otherwise. Eight days later, after the signing of Carr, he agreed to a restructured deal with the Saints. It was not a coincidence. Many reports, and I mean many, had Thomas reaching out to Carr, encouraging him to sign with the Saints. He was big on recruiting him to New Orleans, if you will. Thomas clearly believed that Carr was a significant upgrade at the most important position on a team and certainly could help reinvigorate his stalled career. Therefore, he advocated the move in a big way. The train has gone off the tracks. I know that there are a few out there that have been supportive of Thomas voicing his opinion publicly about all of this. That's largely due to the memory of the player Thomas was once, but also because of the fans' vitriol for Allen and Carr, if you're going to be perfectly honest about this. Others have been critical of Thomas taking action, correctly believing that harsh criticism of teammates and coaches publicly is negative, if not destructive. Thomas apparently totally missed on his evaluation of Carr, at least in his estimation. Carr missed having Thomas available enough during the 2023 season. To Carr's credit, he did not miss games playing hurt, and he hit on something as he played at a high level over the last month of the season, oh, by the way, without Thomas on the field. By the way, Carr's numbers and productivity this past season were an accurate, consistent depiction of his decade-long career in the NFL, which I pointed out in my column earlier this month at CrescentCitySports.com. His numbers were actually very consistent with his career numbers and in most cases a little better. What we know is this. Derek Carr is not Drew Brees, who, by the way, contributed largely, if not enormously, to the success of Thomas. This part is not lost on Thomas. Unlike the diatribe he's unleashed against Carr, Thomas was understandably very grateful, appreciative, and honored to have played with Brees, and he wrote a heartfelt letter which was published after Breeze announced his retirement. Thomas was correct. He hit on praising Breeze and thanking him. He was right on the mark with that. Whether accurate or not, Thomas missed on blasting Derek Carr and his coaches publicly. The result? 
Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback of the Saints in 2024, for better or worse. Dennis Allen is going to be the coach, for better or worse. Thomas, on the other hand, with a wound seemingly too large to heal, will most likely be playing somewhere else, for better or worse, where that new employer will discover whether or not opponents can't guard Mike, or better yet, if Thomas can get on the field to show, he can still make a difference. My take on the situation surrounding Michael Thomas. All opinions are welcome. All opinions are respected. But at any level, in any situation, you're part of a team. And you are not going to like everybody. And you're not going to get along with everybody. And your opinions of players are certainly going to vary, positively and negatively. But it's a team. And when you go public with these things, you've wrecked the very nature of what a team is. And oh, by the way, he's tweeting as well, why do you think the Saints can't hire an offensive coordinator? I mean, you know, he's just talking his way out of here. He knows the door is going to be shut. He wants it to be shut. And the Saints, frankly, have to shut it and get him out of here. He's not available He's not the player he once was, and he's raising way too much hell otherwise. And it's a shame because he was a great player. And it doesn't make any difference whether you like or loathe Dennis Allen or whether you like or loathe Derek Carr. Any player on any team, this is applicable to. And I'd say the same thing about any player who acted this way. Simply the nature of what a team is or should be, and the actions taken by Thomas did not reflect those of a team player. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll take a time out here when we return. We'll talk some baseball. We'll be joined by Tulane head baseball coach Jay Ullman. Look forward to that. We'll talk about the Pelicans a little bit later as well. Uh, They're in action coming up shortly against the Boston Celtics. But Coach Ullman joins us next when we continue with All Access here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Get ready for the big game at BetMGM. New customers can sign up today with bonus code VEGAS58, V-E-G-A-S-5-8, and instantly receive $158 when you bet $5. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 years of age or older only. Louisiana only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with Samstown Shreveport Casino. At Progressive, we're making things even easier. 
We'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you could save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. For 54 years, privateer student-athletes have proudly worn New Orleans across their chests. Join NOLA's team today. We are your crew. To learn more about New Orleans athletics and how to join our crew, go to UNOPrivateers.com. Our pets are our loved ones and also our best friends. When they pass away, New Orleans Pet Cremation Service will handle everything for you. We offer 24-hour home removal as well as free pickup from your local veterinary hospital. Pet cremation starting as low as $199. Simply give us a call at 504-218-5554 or go to NewOrleansPetCremation.com. That's NewOrleansPetCremation.com. Celebrating life. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-309-2677. 800-309-2677. 800-309-2677. That's 800-309-2677. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. This report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. It matters who does your taxes. When you get your biggest tax refund from Jackson Hewitt, prepare to shout, Jackson Hugh, yeah, from the rooftops. In the event you don't get your biggest refund, you'll get your money back, plus a hundred bucks. Good afternoon, eastbound 610, Metairie to New Orleans East, 11 minutes. Uh, stop and go traffic between Elysian Fields and the I-10 merge. Six minutes eastbound I-10, Elysian Fields to the high rise and uh, across uh, Metairie, Metairie across the high rise, eastbound 610, 17 minutes, nine minute delay. Slow traffic westbound I-10, Canal Street to the Claiborne flyover. Earlier problems, 27 minutes downtown to Kenner. I'm Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Scott in the second quarter in Starkville, Mississippi State women leading the number nine ranked LSU women, 20 to 18. LSU still ninth in the AP poll released earlier today, so they didn't move after last week's loss to South Carolina. The New Orleans Pelicans getting set to start in Boston. We'll keep you updated on that. And, of course, a full story at CrescentCitySports.com following the game. 
college baseball season is upon us. And that includes here in New Orleans, where the Tulane Green Wave are continuing to practice getting ready for their opener weekend series, February 16th, 17th, and 18th against Northwestern. Joining us now to talk about his second year on the job, the highly successful NCAA participant, coach of the Green Wave, Coach Jay Ullman. Jay, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. I hope you're well. Ken, thank you. I appreciate you and all that you do for college baseball, and just thank you. You know, one of the things you talked about when we had you at the baseball bash was you decided after studies, and everybody has analytics left and right, and clearly uh, that has really taken over, not just on the pro level, but on the college level as well. We see pitching labs. We see so many things. And one of the things you analyzed was just how big some of the elite teams in the country were. And that was a real focus of your offseason. Just talk about that, if you will. Yeah, it sure was. You know, we um, felt like uh, we kind of lost um, the physicality towards the end of the year. I thought we last year came into it pretty good. And uh, we kind of withered as the season went on in a lot of different ways, obviously. But, um, you know, the, the one thing we really wanted to make an emphasis this year was our our, our physicality and uh, kind of a mantra we've used this year is built to last. And, and that starts and ends with our strength conditioning program led by Nico Torres and uh, also the way we uh, feed uh, and, and provide nutrition for the guys. So it's been wildly successful for us this year. We You know, we, we looked at the teams, the eight teams in Omaha, uh, the top 25 teams, the teams in our league. And we, uh, you know, we didn't take the entire roster of each of those teams. So we took, you know, the top 10 hitters and the top 12 pitchers from each of those teams. And what we came up with was, um, you know, uh, a certain level of physicality and, and, and poundage for these players. And, you know, the game's more physical, big guys, strong guys, uh, that stuff wins. So, um, you know, a uh, this year, uh, our, our mission was to get a team average, a player average of 208. And we've hit that. We had a weigh-in this past week, and we hit that that mark. So uh, after looking at the eight teams in Omaha, that 208 player average would have put us uh, in third place of the eight teams that were in Omaha. So from a physicality standpoint, we feel really good about the hay that the guys have put in the barn. And uh, they, they look great, you know, so uh, ready to kind of, you know, turn them loose and, and see what comes out of the computer. So last year was an unusual ending. I know everybody remembers the season. It, it wasn't what you wanted. You played a very tough schedule, made some long trips and some tough trips and, and, and struggled to win games. And then uh, your team never quit, kept fighting, played hard, go and shock everyone and win the conference tournament and go to the NCAA tournament. That uh, again, it's kind of a strange year because there was disappointment and then there was euphoria. So I guess the truth is somewhere in between, and the goal is obviously to be more like the team at the end of the season than the one that played earlier in the season. Yeah, no question. And, you know, I think what it does uh, for the guys that remain is, is it, you know, it shows them that anything is possible, that, you know, to have uh, stick to and perseverance, you know, all those cliche words that are actually real, um, those things, those things can happen, you know, and, and the, the, the thing about it is you just got to keep moving and you got to keep pushing and you got to try to stay with the process. And it really tests everything about you, you know, that, that character is revealed in those tough times. And, and hopefully what we showed the you know, families and recruits out there is that, you know, yeah, obviously the, the volume of wins certainly isn't what anyone wants. That's uh, not why you play the game. Um, but the fact that we didn't wither and we didn't quit, 
uh, we kept moving and, and we were able to uh, get it done in the conference tournament and move on to a, the postseason. You know, that was the first uh, conference tournament championship we've won at Tulane uh, since uh, 2005. So, and that year went to Omaha, you know, so it had, it had been 18 years since we actually won a, a conference tournament championship. So as steeped in tradition as we are uh, and as many things as we have to be proud about, that was one of the things that kind of catches you off guard when you think about it. So it's not easy to do, uh, you know, going to Omaha and going to postseason, those kind of things is, is always a difficult challenge, no matter, you know, where you are. Um, but uh, certainly getting off to a good start this year and, and kind of parlaying kind of how it ended for us into the beginning of this year. And, and certainly that carried over into our, our training this fall. I think the guys came out with a, a you know, a different kind of mindset, uh, understanding, uh, the fine line between success and failure and, and, you know, maybe challenging themselves that they maybe thought they worked and maybe thought they were cohesive, but they really found out what that really meant. So I think that that can pay dividends and uh, we've, we've seen some good leadership stepping forward this, this fall. So, um, you know, it, as I always say, momentum's only as good as the first pitch of the next game or the next starting pitcher. So, um, you know, it's nice to kind of go in with that taste in your mouth instead of, you know, the opposite taste of, having, uh, you know, failure in your season and not getting anything out of it. Uh, I'll take the, you know, the way we finished and can move on to this year uh, over just not even having that opportunity. So grateful for that, uh, made it all, made that uh, kind of run just feel that much better when, you know, you know the pain and suffering that you went through. You know, it's easy to sit in the stands or, you know, behind a mic or, or at home or whatever and, cast stones but to live through that is that's a whole different thing and not getting rewarded and you know in an instant gratification world uh baseball is an analog sport you know you don't you can do everything right and um you know have a great process but still get beat you know so it's uh it, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes that way but um you know we'll, we'll hope hopefully use that for for the better betterment of the program moving forward jay allman with us from tulane all right, returning players, Jay, just talk about the guys that you're going to lean on heavily. It starts with Banks, I suppose, but talk about the guys that you're really counting on here. Yeah, I, I think you nailed that. T.O. Banks, preseason uh, player of the year in the conference, reigning uh, tournament MVP. Um, you know, he's transformed his body, too, along with everybody else. And looking for big things from him. And, of course, uh, Brady Marguette at first. Those two guys will hit towards the top of the order. Uh, Gavin Scholes. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be counted on to be that spark plug, whether it's in the infield or somewhere out in the outfield. Um, he's just the ultimate team guy and, uh, him and T.O. along with Billy Price, uh, who's a returner, were voted by their teammates as team captains. Um, so I think that's high praise and something to, for them to feel good about that they have the trust of their teammates. Uh, Michael Lombardi, um, you know, uh, has had a very nice fall looking to, you know, close, potentially start. Uh, but also play uh, in the infield for us. He's had a really nice uh, uh, fall that way. So uh, Chandler Welch has been electric on the mound. He's put himself in position to uh, toe the rubber uh, as a weekend starter, just really pleased with his development with Coach Izio and Frankie Neiman, a former player who's now our analytics director. They've really done a nice job, all three of them, uh, figuring out ways for, for him to get better. Jackson Lynn uh, physically is back to – kind of what he looked like as a freshman. He had an atrophied right arm pretty much all year last year uh, as a result of his Tommy John. He didn't fully recover, so he's, he was playing with one arm. He never complained, uh, no matter how tough it got for him. So he's uh, sh- shown some uh, signs of, of life there. So 
hopefully we can get him going in the right direction. Um, so, uh, you know, the rest of those guys are, you know, kind of unproven, but you um, feel good about at least the guys that have uh, been a part of this thing that are, that are back for us. Recruiting-wise, I mean, talk about the, yep. you know, the, the new guys, the guys that you think can step in and make an impact for you. Yeah, and that, to me, it's, it starts on the mound. Uh, you know, we've gotten several grad transfers. Uh, UCSB transfer, uh, Carter Benbrook, he's a left-hander with um, a plus-plus change and a lot of moxie and competitiveness. Uh, we've got Logan Hurd who comes to us from LMU. He's a left-hander with absolutely electric stuff, uh, pro-type stuff. Uh, he's really taken a step from when he left in the fall to when he came back now has shored up some deficiencies, and he's looked really good. Uh, Jake Somm from UCLA, a left-handed grad transfer. Uh, he'll be vying also for a weekend uh, spot in the rotation. Uh, and then we got um, a couple guys, Trace Ahajic, who's got a size 18 shoe and a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Will Clements, a guy from McLennan, uh, who's also uh, probably in that weekend starting kind of position, uh, and a kid named Luke Flatta, who's a left-hander who won 12 games in junior college, uh, and then a couple of guys that are uh, a little little more local, uh, Jacob Moore, right-hander from LSU E, uh, going to log innings on the back end for us, uh, Brock Slayton, left-handed and outfielder from Delgado, he's been uh, way better than advertised, I've been happy with that, and then, you know, Two guys that I'm, I'm really high on, Colin Tuft. He's going to catch for us. He comes from uh, University of Virginia. He played in Omaha last year in left field. Uh, he was he lost, he couldn't catch because they had some first rounder named Teal. Um, and then uh, a young transfer infielder, Connor Rasmussen from uh, East Carolina, left-handed bat who uh, is just a, a, a really good ball player. So really looking forward to seeing those guys uh, dip their toes in the water and, and, and really contribute to the program. Yep, uh, I do Delgado games. So I saw Slayton quite a bit. Good swing, and yes, um, and short yeah. sh- short enough swing too that ought to play. Yeah, uh, he takes level. walks too, Ken. Yeah, he'll take walks, and he's tough. He's fearless. I, I'm, I've been really pleased with him. You know, and then of course the schedule, Coach. I mean, last year I mentioned yep. it. We talked about it beforehand. Some of it was already made. You had some ambitious trips last year, for yeah. sure. Uh, and it really kind of buried your team, I thought. In, in yeah. retrospect, it, it yep. was a little bit too much to navigate with the lack of pitching depth that you had. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you, you nailed it. A bit off more than I can chew. I've said that a few times. And, you know, as a competitor, you don't want to admit that. You know, not, you certainly don't want your players to feel like that's the case, you know. So, uh, you know, we put our best foot forward. It just it didn't work out for us. But I do, in some strange, bizarre way, at the end of the year, I do think there it did help us. We did go through the ringer. We had been in all kinds of environments and played against all kinds of really good teams and in different locations. And so I, I think we were not overwhelmed in the postseason. Uh, you know, we, we handled our business in Clearwater. I thought we um, competed well against LSU. Uh, you know, the Sam Houston seven-hour rain delayed in playing to the next day. We, You know, that wasn't our best version of ourselves. But in some strange way, it did feel uh, as uh, daunting as the, the schedule was. I think it didn't did help us at the end. And, you know, this year I wanted to kind of stay a little closer to home, uh, again, invest in our bodies more, because uh, that's one thing that's hard to do when you get on the road is, is continue, the continuation of the strength conditioning program and, and keeping those guys fresh and strong. So, you know, uh, hope, hopefully I have a, there's a nice balance between uh, the talents of the teams that we have and uh, coming in here and who we're playing. So I feel good about it. I think there's good balance in the schedule. And 
um, you know, 55 games. I think the more you can play, the better off you have a chance to be. So uh, excited to get this thing going against Northwestern on the 16th for sure. Looking forward to it. You're due for Jay Ullman, and we wish you nothing but success, Coach. We appreciate you. Thank you so Thanks, much for Ken. the time tonight, and we'll follow up, and we'll get you on again soon. You're- appreciate you as always. Anytime. Thank you. Hi, Coach. Thank you. Jay Ullman, Tulane University, Green Wave again opening up against Northwestern February 16th. Back with a final segment to talk about the Pelicans who are ready to tip off in Boston when we continue ahead of UNO basketball at Lamar here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 106.1 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. The best ice chests in the world are made right here in Mandeville, Louisiana. And if you're a perfectionist, you need Kysik, the best engineered ice chest in the world. It's the ice chest that keeps things cold the longest. Simply go to Kysik.com and order yours today. In Louisiana, not only do we cook great crawfish, we also make the world's best ice chests. Go to KYSEK.com, that's Kysik.com, and get your ice chest today. Our pets are our loved ones and also our best friends. When they pass away, New Orleans Pet Cremation Service will handle everything for you. We offer 24-hour home removal as well as free pickup from your local veterinary hospital. Pet cremation starting as low as $199. Simply give us a call at 504-218-5554 or go to NewOrleansPetCremation.com. That's NewOrleansPetCremation.com. Celebrating life. Oh, this cold. Honey? (laughs) Honey? Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. (coughs) Now I'm getting a cold. Honey. Try DayQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. DayQuil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, honey-licious, power through your day, medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Getting your guaranteed maximum refund with TaxLayer feels like discovering a refund tree has grown in your backyard. I'm the refund tree. Sawing off its branches. Hey, hey. Feeding them through a wood chipper. My branches, my beautiful branches. And dancing in its refund rain. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer, file fearlessly. Sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join our growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. This report is sponsored by Allstate. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on anyone else. So if you drive safely, you could save money. Good to know. Visit Allstate.com or call for a quote today. 
All right, got a big, big slow for you on 55 northbound uh, from La Plaza to Hammond. It's taken over an hour. 55 north between Old US 51 and the St. John Tangipahoa line. Uh, accident on the shoulder, but it's a 39-minute delay. La Plaza to Hammond on 55 northbound right now. 15 minutes total eastbound 610 from the split in Metairie across the high-rise eastbound I-10 Elysian Fields to the high-rise running about seven minutes of four-minute delay. I'm Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. In just a few minutes, we'll be heading to Beaumont to the Montaigne Center. Jude Young is standing by for University of New Orleans basketball against Lamar, that's coming up next. The New Orleans Pelicans are just underway at Boston, trailing 6-5, Celtics up 6-5 with 9.53 to play in the first quarter. Pelicans have been wiped out by two superior teams. Last two times out, Oklahoma City and Milwaukee, back-to-back, tough back-to-back. Play without Williamson against Oklahoma City, didn't help. Played with him against Milwaukee, didn't help. Playing the night at Boston where the Celtics don't lose, so they're in a tough place. We knew this going in to this stretch, and you felt like, you know, you needed to get one of the three. Well, they haven't gotten either of the first two, and neither were close. To get the third one tonight, they're going to have to be absolutely out of sight to beat this Celtics team in Boston, which is an extremely difficult thing to do. And, of course, the continued discussion will be, is this team going to try to make a move? And if you try to make a move, what do you have to give up? Because, again, you don't just get something for nothing. Jared Allen mentioned frequently, and I get it, be a nice addition, but what are you giving up to get him? I mean, again, the starting lineup on the floor right now has not been that productive together. Individually, yes. Together, no. We've seen Larry Nance start the second half of a game most recently ahead of Valanciunas, which is no knock on Jonas Valanciunas. He's been good. Answers the bell every night. He's consistent as could be. He scores the ball and he rebounds the ball. Defense, another issue. And when he and Williamson were on the field together, on the court together, they struggle on the defensive end a bit and spacing becomes a bit of an issue because both you know, are post-up players. Williamson definitely more effective at point than he is on the block. That's been the case. And certainly with Jonas in the game, that's definitely true. Pelicans take a 9-8 lead with 8-15 to play in the first quarter. So playing competitively early on in that game at Boston, let's hope that continues because they're going to have to be at their very best to have a chance in that game. As I continue to say about this team, they're good, but they're not outstanding. They're not a threat to win the championship, and they still lack, you know, really that go-to guy, that killer guy that can get them points anytime, anywhere. And they're still not quite good enough on the defensive end overall, although they're a good individual pieces on that end of the floor. So it's going to be interesting to see if David Griffin does anything or whether he just wants to play it out with this group and see how they can play since they haven't played together very much at all. And this year is the first year where that seems to be a real possibility this deep into the season. We want to thank Jay Ullman for spending time with us this evening. Also want to thank our listeners and sponsors for helping make it happen. Tomorrow, Lenny Van Gilder's in for Eric Asher from Crescent City Sports 
at 4 p.m. And then Jude Young will have all access sports talk at 6. Jude's coming up next because we head to Bolon to the Montaigne Center where the UNO Privateers are set to take on the Lamar Cardinals. That's next on your station for Privateer Sports. We close it out tonight saying thanks to Rudy Dixon. Ken Trahan saying thank you for joining us and be a good sport. God bless you one and all. We are rounding third and heading home. So long. Thanks for listening to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The best prep sports site in Louisiana with the state's best prep football scoreboard. All Access was also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Cadence, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access was also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive, with locations throughout the New Orleans area. Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swap Tours in West Wego. Petri Transport Services. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Join us each Monday through Friday for All Access Sports Talk here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com.